Hi everybody, Eric here with Smart Pot Fabric Planters, back with another episode of the Growing Revolution podcast. And today's guest is Rick Stone. He hosts a YouTube channel called Our Stony Acres. He's a passionate gardener, uh, has been for decades. Um, he's a very knowledgeable source of gardening. Um, he's a fan of Smart Pot Planters, so we wanted to get him on the show and um, kind of see what his journey has been like in the gardening community and where he's going. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Rick Stone. How are you thank doing you. today? Good, really good. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, so Rick, can you describe your introduction into gardening? Your your website says that you've been an avid gardener for over 25 years. What, you got, what got you into gardening so passionately? Um, well, my parents, my wife's parents, and our grandparents all were big gardeners, and so the, I, I, it was kind of always part of our family. But you know, the first few years we were living in apartments and, and things like that, and so we didn't really have that. So the first time we bought a house, we'd also just started having our family, and kind of the combination of we now had some space and we were now responsible for these little people. Um, we we really started thinking about the type of food that we were eating and decided that we wanted to try and produce as much of it as we can. You know, we're not anywhere close to everything we eat, but we wanted to produce as much food as we could organically without pesticides, without herbicides and fertilizers and things like that. And so that's that that organic passion and making sure that, you know, that we were feeding our kids right and, and you know giving them good stuff is is really kind of what got us started and, and interested in it yeah it makes sense and, and i feel like kind of 25 30 years ago is is kind of when the whole organic movement started taking off too yeah for um, sure. so that's that's cool that you guys latched on and we're we're early adopters there um, so I saw that you completed a uh, master gardener course at Utah State University. Um, you know, I, I've always heard of master gardener programs, but I've never really dove in. Uh, what does a master gardener course teach that would make it worthwhile for new gardeners to check out? Well, for a new gardener, I would probably say you ought to hold off a few years. You want to have a few years experience under your belt because some of the stuff that they're going to go into in the master gardener program you need to have had some experience with it first if that makes sense yeah. so um the master gardener program it, it covers a lot of different things and i was glad that i took it. it it was very enjoyable i met a lot of people it actually was a big impetus for why we started all of this online stuff that i'm doing um I wish that it spent more time on fruits and vegetables than it did. It's also going to teach you about lawns and trees and, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, but it is a super good program, but a little, it's not that it's, again, gardening is not rocket science, but, but it's a little more, I think you would get more out of it if you had, say, three to five years experience under your belt, because then you would know the right questions to ask and, and the right things to really be digging for because there's lots of interaction with your instructors and the, lots of opportunities to learn that way. So, you know, maybe I would say hold off for a few years before you went to do the Master Gardener program. The other thing is, is it's a big commitment. So it's like something like 50 to 60 hours of classwork and then you have uh, a whole bunch of, of other seminars you have to attend and then you have to do a bunch of volunteer hours as well so it's a big commitment so you got to be ready for it um 
that's for sure. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I suppose, you know, in uh, martial arts, you know, you have different belts that you have to get, and Master Gardener is black belt, so, you know, you don't want to be skipping uh, steps here. Yeah, Um, yeah. Get some experience under your belt, and then if you really feel like you want that knowledge, dive in. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Um, So what prompted you to start Our Stony Acres on YouTube? Well, so um, we, we actually started out with just a website, and uh, I had always loved blogs. I'd followed a bunch of homesteading and gardening type blogs. And I thought, you know, that's kind of cool. And so we started OurStonyAcres.com a, a, about four years before we actually started the YouTube channel. And uh, we kind of built that website and kind of, you know, added a bunch of articles to it. And, and originally it was kind of more urban homesteading and gardening. And now we have zeroed in on gardening and everything is about vegetable gardening and growing your own food the YouTube thing kind of just came naturally out of that. I started um, teaching online courses. So we start, we, I, I, I created a seed starting course and a year round gardening course and a few things like that. And YouTube originally was meant to kind of be promotion for those courses. And it's kind of blossomed since then. And, and we, you know, we try to do a weekly video and, and teach people a little bit about gardening and, and interact with them. And it's been a really fun opportunity. Uh, to do and and we've really been pushing hard the last three years to build that audience and and grow that community and it's been a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, how how many followers do you have on YouTube? We're right just now? about to a hundred thousand. Like we'll be to a hundred thousand nice. by the end of the summer, if not sooner. You know, we're we're like yeah. thirty eight hundred away from from a hundred thousand. So. Well, very cool. You'll be getting your YouTube uh, little plaque pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure. Nice. So is uh, is our Stony Acres and like the classes that you're teaching online, is that your full time job or is that a, a side job? It started, a, a, it started out as income? A, sorry, it started out as a side job um, and it's still a very busy side job. So my wife has come in and she's helping me. We're not quite to full time yet. Um, we're hoping to be there again by the end of this summer. Um, where I can feel like I, I have a second business that that I'm hoping to maybe turn over to to somebody else and 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 let them take that opportunity away from me so that I can do the online stuff myself. Uh, that keeps me out of this office um, if if I can do that. So right now, not quite full time. Uh, it is you know my my wife works about 20 hours a week for me and then I put about 25 to 30 hours a week into the online business. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, people who probably watch your videos don't realize how much back end work goes into the preparation for, you know, what you're going to uh, put together. And then I'm sure the, the back end editing as well, you know, takes up hours. I, I just know from my own experience doing this podcast, like it's it's crazy how much uh, time it, it takes to, to do be prepared to put out some good content. It really does. I had a neighbor ask me the other day because he's seen my stuff and he's like, how long does it take you to do that? And so I sat down and kind of thought about it for a minute. And one 10 minute video, I probably spend about three hours total, you know, and then promoting it beyond that, you know, but just getting it ready is, is about three hours. So, yeah, yeah. Um, now getting into smart pots, um, you know, you've got a lot of videos with, with smart pots in there. How did you get introduced to smart pots and, and how would you describe like your relationship with, with the company? You guys actually found me. So, which is, which is fun. Um, I think I kind of hit that, 
that size that, that you guys were interested in me and, and uh, w which was flattering to me. And so uh, we, we kind of started a relationship about, it's been about uh, 14 months ago and uh, we're, you know, just going through. And it, I, I, the thing that I don't ever want, and, and I think this fits with, with your guys's opinion, you know, which is why I think we work so well together. I don't, I don't ever want a video to be a sales video. So I, I, I'm not going to do a video trying to sell people smart pots. Instead, I'm going to show people how to use smart pots and how to become better gardeners by using those smart pots and, and using that as a product. And I think you guys feel that those are the type of videos that you want. And, and so it, would see, it just seems like a, you know, a great fit for me to, to be able to do that. And, and uh, my, my yard's getting full of smart pots now. I'm starting to run out of places <laughs> to put them. So. Had you ever used smart pots before uh, we reached out to you? I, I or, had or fabric used, pots I had in used, general. I had used fabric pots in general, and I had a few smart pots as well. Um, so nice. yeah, it was something that that I was used to. And and uh, as soon as I the the fabric pots that I'd used before were all like just like little five gallon ones. And as soon as I saw the mm -hmm. twenty and the fifteen gallon, I was like, wow, we're all over those. <laughs> so nice. So yeah, nice. So do you do you have a favorite smart pot product? Is it like our fifteen or twenty gallon containers, raised beds, so it's, it's pots? A, it's a it's a split here. So I love the fifteen and twenty gallon containers um, because where we're using our smart pots, it's on patios and decks and in areas that have gravel where we can't plant and stuff like that. And so it's a little bit hotter. And those bigger bags do seem to do better in those hot areas you know those those really hot sunshiny areas so i really like those big bags but the other thing that i'm really digging right now is the compost sack so i got one of those last fall and we did a batch of compost in it and i did a video on it and it, it, it worked great and was fun and and i'm using i i let that compost because it was it was late fall so i let it sit over the winter and i'm using that compost now and i'm just like wow this is awesome so my daughter's getting one now for her house and and uh, so kind of, you know, I love those big pots, but I also am big in the compost sack. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the compost sack. And I've been using smart pots for years, but for whatever reason, wasn't like a big composter until kind of recently. And it's just amazing, like how much organic material, you know, we're throwing away in the trash that, you know, could be going into the compost pile and then going into the garden. And, you know, we're just saving money on fertilizer that way, reducing our, our carbon footprint and whatnot. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I would say for people who uh, want to get into composting, but, you know, think like a hundred gallon compost sack is intimidating. Start out with like a 15 gallon smart pot and, you know, it does the same exact thing. And then once you fill that up, then you can go ahead and get a hundred gallon and, and start filling that bad boy up. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, so smart pots are great for growing uh, productively early and late in the season. Do you have any favorite uh, season extension tips that you'd like to share? Yeah, I do. And so that everybody out there knows, I love season extensions. So we live in a zone six garden. And uh, so our growing season is about five months. And, and so I dig anything that can help me stretch that growing season out. I love it. Um, so we have been using the smart pots. Uh, one thing about containers is, is in somewhere as cold as we are and colder, you can't grow in containers all through the winter because they, they just they freeze too hard. But I'm using the smart pots to 
the, the nice thing about them is, is I can move them to the warmer places in my yard. So we have a, a, our house faces south and we've got this big long kind of wall that, that is, has sidewalks and everything on it. And so I'm, is what I'm doing is getting things started in the garden and then um, moving as the weather gets colder, I move those smart pots up against that south facing wall. And that really extends the growing season. And then if we throw on top of that, you know, either some heavy fabric grow cover or a hoop house, um, you know, I, I end up being able to use those containers six or eight weeks longer than I would normally uh, in the fall. You know, we had stuff growing until about um, Thanksgiving last year in our smart pots out. And we had them just, it was nice because they were right by the door. We had some parsley growing. We had some broccoli and, and a few things like that. And we were able to just walk right outside. We didn't have to mess with the snow or anything. They were just right there. So that, you know, and the key to extending your growing season, whether you're using containers or growing in the ground is to offer protection. So you need to, you know, you need to have a heavy fabric grow cover or you need to have a hoop house or a cold frame. Cold frames don't really apply to containers because cold frames are normally pretty short, but a nice mini hoop house or a greenhouse or just a heavy fabric row cover in those containers is going to, you know, really allow you. And then the ability to move them to warmer spots um, is, is also what's really nice. And, and those, those smart pots are awesome for that. Yeah, we can, we, in, in the colder climates, you know, in the spring and in the fall, it's, it's really only cold during the nighttime and if you can protect your plants you know during that freeze time you know when the sun comes back up they can you know just continue doing their things yep, so a little sure. protection goes a long way to uh increasing your harvest yeah and i, and I love um, season extension so <laughs> well you know it's it just makes sense you know if you're gonna have a garden why why not garden year round and figure out how to make it possible yeah um, and, and you know your case in point that it is possible and the thing is is it doesn't have to be complicated i mean just doing something like i said moving those containers against the wall and covering with a fabric row cover at night is going to add six weeks to either end of your you know i mean that's three yep. months that you've added to your growing season um, and then if you throw a cold frame in the ground in the garden or something as well, you know, I mean, I, I'm harvesting spinach and carrots and, and lettuce and all kinds of stuff in January in a zone six garden. And, and you can do that all the way down to about zone four. Zone, the people in the really cold places, you, you may not get that, you know, January, February harvest, but you're still going to extend that growing season, you know, three months total. Uh, by, yeah, by there, there's uh, there's one uh, lady on Instagram that like she's somewhere in Canada and she's got cold frames growing and it's just awesome to watch her like go out there, you know, in a foot of snow, yep. open that sucker up and her plants are just, you know, looking amazing. Yeah, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Rick, how do you pick the topics for your videos? Are you focusing on like the calendar and what growers will be doing at that time? Are you focusing on hot like search terms or phrases? How, how are you going about that? Well, my, I mean, obviously I want my YouTube videos to be successful. Um, I, I hate it when I have one that doesn't have a lot of views, you know, and I, I want people to be watching them. But at the same time, I'm not out for, you know, I'm, I'm not, trying to clickbait them either. You know, I, I want them to be something that's useful. And so the things that I've been finding here recently that are doing really well and that people are, are really engaging with is planting guides. And so um, 
I, I'm focusing specifically this year, I'm focusing on what you can be growing if your last frost date is in May, which is which is basically me. And that, that kind of then, I mean, frost dates don't exactly correlate with gardening zones, but basically that's gonna be people that are in zones five, six, and maybe seven, um, which is a lot of the country. Uh, and so I've been focusing on what can you be planting in January to get ready for that May frost date? What can you be planting in February and March? And, and those seem to be really resonating with people and we've had a, a lot of success with those. So I like that. Um, and then seed starting is, is always a, a real big um, popular thing. And then planting stuff that's outside of the norm zone wise, I mean, timing wise. So, so the season extension stuff is really popular and people seem to like that. You know, if I, if I'm teaching people, what can you plant in August? Um, you know, most, most people aren't thinking about planting in August. Well, there's a ton of stuff you can plant in August to get a harvest all the way through December, you know, and sure. so those kind of things. So I, I try to look at things that I know are going to be popular, but at the same time, I, I mean, I'm doing it cause I want to teach people how to garden. You know, I want them to yeah. be successful. And so I try to, you know, every once in a while, I'll bite the bullet and say, okay, well, I know this this video on how to thin peaches is not going to get a lot of views, but some people are really going to want that. And so I'll, you know, I'll do a video on something knowing that it's not going to get, you know, 50,000 views or something like that. But, um, but you know, a lot of those, those what to plant this time of year topics are really popular. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was uh, perusing your, your website uh, last night and you have a planting guide based on, you know, what month of, of the year you're, you're in. And just as somebody who, you know, wants a quick, easy resource, like I loved that section and I'm going to bookmark that and, and refer to it um, because that's one thing that I haven't really done is been like a year round gardener, even though I've like lived in southern california like i just have the wisconsin mentality of like oh you you garden in the spring and then you harvest in the summer and fall and then you're done so i need to get out of that mindset and uh garden all year and and, and even in wisconsin you can garden all year it's it's alaska Absolutely. that you can't garden all year <laughs> you know but, <laughs> but um you, there's there's something you can grow all year long even in those really cold areas yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, if you've got a garage, you know, you can set up a grow light and, yeah. and, and be productive indoors. Exactly. Too. And that's something that we've really added a lot of here lately is, is microgreens and, and sprouts and things like that as well. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They're just gaining in popularity as well. Um, so on your website, it said that you produce on average 800 to 1100 pounds of fresh produce uh, annually. At this point, are there any produce items that you're still buying at the grocery store? Well, um, it, it, we still have two kids at home. And so, you know, we, we don't live on a big, unfortunately, you know, we live in the city. And so we just live on a little corporate quarter acre lot. So uh, there, there, yes, especially in the wintertime, there's still stuff that we're buying from the store. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was Brussels sprouts. It's hard to grow Brussels sprouts in Utah. We have really bad aphid problems in the fall. So we always, mm. almost always buy our Brussels sprouts. Um, and then, you know, in the wintertime, we're still, you know, buying a few greens and, and a, the occasional tomato. We, we've gotten to the point to where we just don't like store-bought tomatoes. They're awful. Um, but every once in a while, you when you grow your store. own, it's hard yeah. to go to store-bought tomatoes because they yeah. taste like cardboard. So yeah, we you know we still and and 
about a third of our garden is in potatoes, either sweet potatoes or white potatoes. But even at that, we're and just so so that it makes sense, we're plant we're 100% plant-based eaters, and so we eat a crap load of fruits and vegetables. And so, like potatoes, we end up, you know, our potato harvest will usually last us till about January, and then we're you know we're buying potatoes, sweet potatoes, and and regular potatoes, uh, you know, for the the last of the winter months and stuff like that. But we try to do, and and by the way, I I need to go update that because we're up more like about 1,500 pounds now because we've got nice. our, all of our fruit trees are now in full production. And, and so, you know, when we add that in, it, it makes a big difference. So, yeah, that's, that's really inspiring to me because I, I'm a new home homeowner myself and I've got like basically a third of an acre. So, you know, that to me, like you've kind of ha- uh, set a, a high bar that I hope to uh, get to, um, you know, one day soon. And, and the thing to um, realize too, is I, I don't, I mean, I have a quarter acre lot, but only about a third of my backyard is garden. I still have grass. Yeah. I still, you know, we I've have a swing that. set for the grandkids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so you can, you can produce a lot. I mean, I could produce a lot more if, if we didn't have to have somewhere for the grandkids to play, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, when, when I read how much you produce and then I kind of looked back at your backyard and saw that you still had a big chunk of turf grass, I was like, holy cow, yeah. like. He's, he's barely scratching the surface to what he really could do. So that's awesome that, that you can have the best of both worlds. Yeah, a lot of that is succession planting and season extension and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Plus, we grow a lot of potatoes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. So, uh, you know, you're in uh, Utah Zone 6, and, and you had mentioned that, um, you know, Brussels sprouts are, are challenging to grow because of aphids. Um, are there any other challenges that you've faced and, and how have you overcome that or, or have you been able to? Well, you know, zone six, zone seven are kind of a sweet spot. There, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can grow here. Obviously, we're not growing oranges. We're not growing, you know, mangoes or, you know, things like that. But but pretty much everything that we would like to grow, we can grow here. Um Brussels sprouts, just because we have such a terrible aphid problem, is a little bit challenging. Um, beyond that, though, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, the, I, I have a hard time with cauliflower, but I, that's, that's, everybody has a hard time with cauliflower, or most people do anyways. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think pretty much everything we want to grow, we can grow here. Yeah, I, I've only grown cauliflower once. Uh, actually, I'm doing it again this season, and and my first run at it was was not very successful. Yeah, so. I, I'm not sure what it is about cauliflower. I guess I should know that because I'm supposed to be the expert, but I don't know what it is. But cauliflower is just tough for me to grow. I I've always had a hard time with it. I, I try it almost every year, but I never get a massive harvest of it. Yeah, yeah, you know those uh, those professionals. They got some trick up their sleeve, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Or might be the who climate. knows what they're giving it to them. Yeah, it might be the yeah. That, that could be it too. Yeah. Um. So uh, on your website, I noticed you have uh, the gardening academy. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? How long you've been running that, and and who that might be geared towards? Yeah, sure. So the gardening academy is our. It's a private membership service where I actually teach people how to garden. And, and so it's kind of a, you know, a group coaching effort. Uh, and we have a, a super good following there. We've actually doubled the size of the academy this spring. Um, so that's, we're, we're, we're hoping to get the academy big so that I can go full time, right? Yeah. Um, but essentially is what we do there is, is I have 
we have a couple of really good solid courses that teach you the basics of gardening uh, that go through everything and then we also teach you about food storage and, and canning and, and things like that and then every month we have a focus theme that, that we, we work on and then we have you know events that go around that so so for example this month was our get your garden planted challenge and so everything in the gardening academy was focused on getting out there and getting your gardens planted next month we're going to talk about spaghetti or i'm sorry summer squashes and how to grow summer squashes and and we've done you know i, I do a mini course every month we have a planting guide uh, you know so you saw the planting guides on the website we have a much more advanced version of it in the gardening academy it has printables for everybody i do a video talking about it. Um, we also do a Q&A every month where I answer questions. The members can come in. It's a private area. It's not a private, but a group Zoom call that we do. And I, I do that. And then we do recipes and canning advice and the monthly mini course on some specific gardening topic. We've been doing it for about two and a half years now and are really fo focusing hard to get that built up so that hopefully I can stop being a bookkeeper and start being a full-time gardener. So Nice, nice. Uh, so. Um... So it sounds like you started uh, the Gardening Academy before COVID hit. Did you get a nice bump in uh, participants when uh, everyone did, got yeah, homebound? Yeah, we definitely did that first spring, especially. The, the thing that COVID did, though, is, is it, it really gave us a big bump on some of our regulars. So we've got a, lunch, a bunch of standalone courses, too. And uh, we really had a big bump on the sales of those standalone video courses. The YouTube channel really went crazy. Uh, at that time, that's a big part of our growth was was during that time frame. And then the website did really well during COVID too. So yeah, a lot of people were interested in garden, gardening during that time frame. Yeah, you know, not too many positives from COVID, but I think one positive is that a lot of people got, you know, either into gardening for the first time or back into their gardens. And um, yeah, I think, you know, 2021, 2022, like some people dropped off as they, you know, wanted to go travel and, you know, get get outside of their property. But um, yeah, if there is an upside to COVID, it, it's the fact that people were gardening more for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're really interactive with your followers. Are there any gardening stories that you've heard that just make you laugh when you think back on them or, you know, just... Yeah, I don't know, funny one, one of my favorite actually doesn't have to do with the online people, but um, when we first moved to this area, um, we were obviously already had been gardening. We've lived here where we live right now for about 10 years, and, and I you know, had a bunch of neighbors that saw me doing the gardening thing, and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll teach you, you know, if you'd like. And so we, we did a, a, a class at a local church and had, oh, I don't know, maybe about 30 people that came. And after the class, one of the people came up to me who was a neighbor that lived close by, and he said, yeah, we got all gung-ho about gardening a couple of years ago, and we went out back, and we literally dug up half our backyard and uh, planted this garden, and it did really, really well until about the middle of July, and then it was all full of weeds, and it just all just went, and, and now they, they put almost all of it back into grass because they just they overwhelmed themselves basically uh, by by too much work and so and I've actually heard a similar story to that several times over the years as I've been teaching and 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 I've had people at yeah, I've done speeches at like home and garden shows and same thing people will come up and say I'd love to garden but I did it and I just got overwhelmed you know so yeah gardening you know it it's it can be a lot of work, um, you know, weeding, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny. I, I came across uh, a 
gardening club in in southern california and their name for their club was the weeders <laughs> which yeah if, if you want a productive garden weeds are going to get in you got to get rid of them so yeah and my advice to new gardeners is if you really want to be a good gardener you need to start small you may have grand visions of having a garden as big as mine i mean we've got you know our gardens 25 by 40 plus we have four raised beds plus we have probably 20 or more smart pots hanging out in the yard now too. Um, but if I were to have jumped right in at that level, I'd have been overwhelmed. You know, it, there's a, there's a learning curve to gardening. And so starting small, I think is the key, you know, a couple of raised beds, maybe a 10 by 15 foot in ground garden, maybe 10 smart pots, you know, would, it, would be the way to start, get that under your belt, get a little experience, then add some more space. Makes sense. Makes sense. Baby steps. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite consumable plant to grow? And uh, is that also your favorite plant to eat? Potatoes, I think, are, are probably our favorite. Um, and and we're just getting into sweet potatoes. I haven't been growing them for a long time. We do like sweet potatoes, but I dig white potatoes. And I grew up in Idaho. I worked for a potato farmer. And so... Um, I, I dig potatoes and so we, we grow about a third of our garden is, is dedicated to all the different types of potatoes and, and we grow red potatoes and Yukon Golds and the purples and you know all that so that we have a, a ton of potatoes. So those are probably my favorite to grow and then probably next would be tomatoes. You know, obviously I, I love tomatoes a lot and homegrown is so much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate that people should grow what they like to eat, um, you know, Otherwise, kind of like, what's the point? You know, you're just wasting space in the garden that you could be, you know, growing tomatoes or potatoes. In. Yeah. So funny story. Last year, I decided I'd never grown eggplants before. And I'm like, I'm the garden expert. I got to grow some eggplants. And so I put two eggplants in. We got about oh, 15 or 20. Guess how many we ate? Two. One. <laughs> One. We don't like eggplant. So not planting eggplant. I did, I did a great job. I know I can grow them now. I'm not planting them again. <laughs> so Well, we hopefully, like you know, your neighbors got hooked up yeah. with, with some produce. Then. Exactly. Nice. Uh, so what are you doing when you're not in your garden or, or making videos? I I think I heard you mention that you're a bookkeeper. I, I am, yeah. So, so my, you know, my career has been accounting and bookkeeping, and, and I've been doing that for as long as I've been gardening. Um, and uh, we're, we're slowly transitioning, hopefully, away from that. I own my own uh, bookkeep, bookkeeping firm and have about 30 or 40 clients. And so that's what I do for about half the day. The other half of the day, I'm working on the online stuff. So, um, you know, there's a lot involved that, that you don't really realize behind the scenes to have a, a you know, even a decent online business like ours. I mean, ours isn't amazing yet, but um, if I could, if I could bite the bullet and go full time, I think that, that we could probably get things really going. But, you know, I spend a lot of time editing videos. I still do all my own editing and uh, scripting, uh, you know, although I, I don't, my presentations are not like scripted. I still, they're, they're outlined. So, so, yeah. and then the other thing is, is I'm, I'm always making sure that I, I try to avoid kind of the wives tale type, you know, gardening advice. I, I want to be giving solid you know, science-backed gardening advice. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I always put a banana peel on my tomato hole, you know, when I plant tomatoes, you know, so there's, I still have some quirky things too, but 
I, I want to make sure that I'm teaching people the right things. And so every time I do a video, I'm doing some research and some study and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot to it. And then, you know, just getting it up and getting it, you know, you've got to create thumbnails and and then you got to promote it. And you got and so there's a, there's a lot involved. <laughs> I, I've never heard the banana peel in the uh, tomato uh, whole trick. I'm I'm assuming, you know, that's a boost of potassium for, it's, for the it's, flowering phase. It's supposed to make them sweeter. Um, is oh, what, okay. Is what I, I learned it from my father-in-law 30 years ago, and I've never been able to give it up. Um, I've tried <laughs> all the other things, putting eggshells in, all of that. There's no science behind, it. you know, like, like putting an eggshell in the hole so that there's more calcium. It, it takes years for that, that eggshell to break down and, and release its right. calcium. No science right. behind that. There's absolutely no science behind the fact that a banana peel makes your tomatoes sweeter. But I do it anyways because my father-in-law told me, and so, so yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so, what does the future look like for you? Um, you know, besides trying to go, you know, full time in an expansion uh, mode here, are you working on any books or anything else like that? I have a book in the back of my mind. I'd also love to give a TED talk someday that tells people nice. that to be planting a garden. Um, Right, right now the the goal is is to really work hard on both growing the YouTube channel, which which that is is definitely happening, and uh, and growing the gardening academy. Uh, you know that that having that you know and and again the gardening academy it's a monthly subscription, so you pay a, a little bit every month, and having that piece in place and and to a, a you know we're we're almost to that critical mass where you know when we have a certain x number of members that'll be enough that i can go okay see a bookkeeping you know so right. that's that's kind of the the plan um i i have thought about a book but um i don't have the attention span to sit down that long so we'll have to see if you know something like that happens in the future but right now we're working on growing the website growing the youtube channel and growing the gardening academy is our our goals Nice. Um, so for people who aren't following you on social media, uh, they can find you on YouTube uh, under Our Stony Acres. And, yeah, and what Stony other social... With an e, so S-T-O-N-E-Y, Stony. The play on my yeah. last name. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what other social media um, accounts are you guys on? So I'm active on Facebook. Um, so again, just, just look up Our Stony Acres uh, on Facebook and then also on Instagram. Um, so, and our, it's at our stony acres there as well. So those are, I'm on Twitter, but I literally haven't posted on Twitter for a long time. So, um, a lot of people haven't, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but, but Twitter's back in the news, uh, lately. So who knows? They might've gotten a shot in the arm. So, so that, yeah, that's right. And then our website is our stony acres.com. And that's kind of the, the main home of, of where everything is. We've got hundreds of gardening articles there and. It's 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 a great website, great resource, and uh, for people who aren't you know familiar with with Rick and his classes, um, check it out. Uh, you know whether you jump in and you know do the whole um, more hand holding uh, you know class or or the individual uh, classes, um, you're gonna gain a lot of knowledge from those. So, on that note. Um, wanted to thank you for your time it was really nice getting to to know you and we're looking forward to following your videos and uh classes in the future a lot of great smart pot videos coming up this summer so my my daughter just bought a new house and she's they've got lead contamination in the ground and so 
that we're doing everything in raised beds and we're going to use the, the the smart pot raised beds so a lot of good awesome. stuff coming up this summer so awesome looking forward to seeing that garden so uh yeah thank you again uh rick for joining us on the growing revolution thank you